Hey everybody, welcome to Next Planet Over. And this episode will be discussing Manimal and Nightman, two series you may not know are connected. And uh, we're just, you know, kicking the shoes around or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, Josh, what, we were just going to talk about like actors we enjoyed as kids that were like leads that kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah, like Fly By Nights. What is that? Oh, 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 you mean, I thought that was a TV show for a second. I was like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> that would actually be a good name for a TV show, Fly By Nights. Wasn't there, I feel like there was a show in the 90s where it was like, or maybe late 80s, where it was on CBS like at 11 o'clock at night before they had a talk show. And they had a show called Fly By Night or something like that. And it was mixed. Forever Night. I know Forever Night. Yeah. I, I feel like, I'm going to look this up. I feel like Silk Stockings or something started as one of those kind of shows. TV yeah. show. Yeah, I think it was Forever Night, the Vampire Cop. Yeah, that one. That one I definitely remember because that started off as Nick Knight with um, uh, Rick Springfield and then went over to USA. There was a TV show called Fly By Night. It was out of Canada, 1991. Okay. It was about, oh, David James Elliott, Jack, and uh, Shannon Tweed. Uh, <laughs> see, we, we were on to something. We didn't even know it. Yeah, it's something about it sounded familiar. Fly by night. I have no recommend, recollection of that. Okay. Oh. Well, we're going to yeah. run across oh, this. There's okay. so many Jack. shows yeah. that people haven't heard of that will, they're like, that was on for two or three years. I've never even heard of that. It's sci-fi is one of those genres that just it had struggled so hard to be successful. Yeah, you know, back in the day, it, it really did. And and you know, I can think of a, of a couple actors just off the top of my head. Um, one being um, Lance Guest, who starred in the cult sci-fi classic The Last Starfire. In Halloween 2? And in Halloween 2 and Jaws Jaws the Revenge. Um but I mean outside of those three movies, you never saw him. Yeah, I don't know if he did see it's kinda of like Zach Galligan where they were in those pivotal movies, but I couldn't tell you what they did outside of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to, uh, I thought, you know, I mean, I figured that he, because, I mean, Zach Galligan had a pretty strong run of, um, of like, cable, direct-to-video, um, you know, horror, sci-fi, you know, stuff like that, but Lance Guest, I mean, really, I think, I mean, he did a couple of guest spots, from what I can tell. And some TV movies, but I, I don't. I don't think he ever really did anything else after um, after Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, I'm looking. He did arcs on some shows, like he was on Knots Landing for an arc, and then uh, Life Goes On. But you're right; he's the kind of guy. He still works, though. His IMDb is still filled up till last year. Uh, it's just it's really? not. Yeah, he. Um, God, I don't, and most of it's shorts. Um, that's weird. He played Johnny Cash on what the hell? He played Johnny Cash on David Letterman, and then the next year he played Johnny Cash again on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> okay. Wow. Not what wow. I expected at all. Right. You know, maybe, you know, a lot of these guys get lost in the theater, too. I mean, they do, you know, they're, they're big theater guys, and maybe, he, maybe he's one of them. Yeah, well, know? think about that, because we were watching Pirates of Penzance, and Rex Smith was hot for one minute there because he had his musician, you know, like his albums and stuff like that. He had that movie, and then he did uh, Street Hawk, and then disappeared, and it's because he was mainly a theater guy. Yeah, he did. Um, he was Daredevil 
in uh, trial in the t- the trial of the Incredible Hulk TV movie. Right. And, and and apparently that was supposed to be a pilot for a series, um, a spinoff series, but it never never came to fruition. But um, but yeah, Rex Smith is another perfect example. Um, you know, Street Hawk was. I mean, at the time, I guess you could consider it a failure, but now it's it's kind of a cult classic. And you can say the same thing for Auto Man because the guy who starred in that, I think his name is Chuck Wagner. He was a theater guy, so when the show got canceled, he did do a couple like you know low budget movies, but for the most part, he just went back to theater. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so interesting to me how these guys have these kind of you know brief moments where they're in the, where they're in these projects and then they're just gone I mean I like I don't know what Rex Smith does today I, I think he's still on Broadway is he still on Broadway okay okay but what yeah actually I think I think somebody I think I think I saw something where he owns a restaurant or something no okay I mean, yeah. I'm sure he, I'm sure Sure, he's doing just fine. I'm just, you know, I just never see him in anything. Right. I mean, sometimes they they tick along forever. Uh, sadly, like uh, Jen Michael Vincent was established before Airwolf, but afterwards he kind of derailed because of his alcohol problems and whatnot. But there's some guys who they did their job, they showed up, the show just didn't succeed, and then you know it disappeared. And the where are they nows? Sometimes are legitimately because they disappear from the whole scene. But there's some guys like. Um, Oh god, I feel like a jerk now. We just talked about it uh, like a couple months ago. The Flash. Oh my god. Oh, John. Yeah, yeah. But he's one of those guys who just consistently works, but he never really played a lead again. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, he was. Yeah. Because he was a co-star on Dawson's Creek, and and um, yeah. But he's 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 done all right as a character actor. Um, but I mean that. I mean it's, it's a perfect example, though. I mean I'd love to see him in leads. You know. Yeah, um, he should have a whole kind of run. He should have had a whole run in the '90s where he was the lead in in even smaller films. You know, um, it's it's like they it's like they just treat these guys like they're stepchildren or something. Well, and, it's, and it's now, the generic rule. And now, if you're in a sci-fi, you're in a superhero movie. You're you're a you're a major player, right? You know? Because then they'll start offering you studio stuff. But but what it is is there was a cliche that it always had to be a 35-year-old white male as your lead. And when that show was done, they were like, well, okay, who's the next 35? You know, you're, no longer, you're in your 40s now by the time that show ends, and they're no longer interested in you. Right, right, right. I mean, I, you know, the, I mean, the, you know, I mean, I guess I got, William Cat's different, though. He, he pretty much had a... He had a he had a career in the seventies, and then he, um, you know, he was still doing some. You know, he did Big Wednesday and and um, Carrie, and and then he did um, Greatest American Hero, and then after Greatest American Hero, he did House, which is you know a, a cult horror classic today. Um, but yeah, you know, in the nineties, he was. I guess he. I guess he did a. He did a season of, a, of an Aaron Spelling show, but in the '90s he was mostly guest stars, you know, uh, directed video. It's just it's just so interesting to me how, I mean, where these guys go after their after their superhero or sci-fi. Right. Like who, well, who played who played the character who played the lead on uh, Matthew Star? 
Peter... Crap. He was in Hell Knight in uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. <laughs> yeah, Peter... Um, okay, I'm going to cheat. This is why I have the internet. I shouldn't just stand here going, Duh, let me think. Um, but I did want to say real quickly that um, Matt, William Katz story is a little bit different because the house was a hit and he decided instead of pursuing more movies that he wanted to go back and work on um back to television work on perry mason so that he could work yeah, alongside his he mother did. which he is he respectable perry mason yeah he did perry mason's for for a while and uh, no he for the 70s and 80s yeah he's i mean he, he he didn't really factor into to the category really because he was he was very busy through the 70s and 80s and um, I mean, he had a career. And yeah, then, I'm going to blame it on 90s, this. I'm going to blame it on this. This seems really stupid, but I feel like for a couple decades there, Hollywood did not want to cast people with curly hair or red hair. <laughs> possibly, possibly, yeah, yeah. And Lance Guest had curly hair. Yeah, uh, Peter Barton is the That's... person you were thinking about with Powers and Matthew Starr. We got to get around to cracking into that six pack because I got it too. Not a beer. Uh, we got a six pack of sci-fi TV shows that we were discussing doing one t- at some point. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I haven't even watched any of those. Nearby, it's still sealed. I really got to get around to this. <laughs> um, but what, but what has he done besides that show? Oh, um, well, I know that he had a horrible accident on the show, the very first episode where he got burned. And so they had oh, to wow. set the show back a year. But he looks, I think he looks fine when he was in uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. Did tons of ca- uh, guest parts throughout the 90s. Well, that's interesting. He disappeared for six years. I wonder if he went to go do theater. From 87 to 93, he didn't act at all. And then he was in a whole season of Burke's Law, which um, was a CBS TV show back when they were doing all those senior detective stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent wow. He did 150 episodes of Young and Restless, and that was uh, ended in 2005. Okay, so he did. He did a big soap run. Okay, okay. And you know who else I'm thinking of is um, Michael Beck. Yeah, that guy got the shaft because whatever it was, he showed up in good or bad. He was always really solid in, and it's kind of sad was. after Houston Nights that they kind of just tossed him away. They did. They really did, man. Because he was, um, he was solid. He was, he was, he was a solid lead. Um, I think he even did some. I mean, it's the, he did the strangest projects. I think he did some ninja movie where he was. <laughs> I have that movie. Was, <laughs> do you really? What's I do. It's called the Last movie? Ninja. <laughs> it's called the Last Ninja. Yes, he was. Wasn't that him? Yeah, it's him. Oh wow! Yeah, then he did Megaforce. I like Battle Truck, a.k.a. Warlords of the 21st Century. Warlords of the 21st Century, yes. That's right. Gosh. Did you wow, ever see, man. there's a Wes Craven TV movie that he did called Chiller. No, I never saw Chiller. Actually. Chiller is great because he's the bad guy in it. But he's a guy, uh, I think, he, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen it in a while. He was in a car accident. And for a while, he is actually technically dead. They bring him back, and apparently what comes back is not his soul, that somehow a demon found its way back in. And the slow realization that he's no longer there, that he's a vacant soul, is uh, terrifying. It has, um, oh, doggone it, she was in Popcorn and uh, Stepfather, Jill Sholin. Oh, Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, Stepfather movies, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's one of those public domain you can find them anywhere. 
that is that available? Oh yeah, that's it's on like eighty different services because somehow the copyright uh, went lax and became public domain. Okay. Okay. But yeah, no, it's just always been a, um, for whatever reason, I just, all those guys, you know, I just, um, uh, I just wish I could have seen more of them because I was really, uh, you know, I thought they were really solid actors, even, in, you know, even in those, in, in, in those genres, I yeah. thought they were really good. And, and um, it was just disappointing not to be able to see, uh, you know, see, see them kind of break out and do more stuff. What, um, they're, so... You know how on the flat I should have looked this up, but um, so you know how they're bringing back the, all the older superhero guys coming, you know that used to play them. They'll they'll make cameos, like you know they even go all the way back to the original Batman '66 for the whole crisis thing. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what I thought would be cool is not necessarily people who played the superhero before, but like some of these older actors and bring them back as like uh, the Justice Society, which was always the older Justice League. Um, right. Bring them back in, and I don't know if you ever saw this TV show. It's called uh, The Sentinel with Richard Burgey. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to slap a Batman costume on him and have like the Dark Knight uh, Returns kind of age, where he's in his late fifties. Have him play Batman, but have all these guys kind of come back and play older superheroes. That, that that would be such a great idea, and I don't know why they're not doing it because you know. Everything's kind of old man this, old man that, you know, old man Logan. I mean, it's 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 really the perfect time. And and, and that this last crisis on Infinite Earth, I mean, that that episode where you had Kevin Conroy play play Bruce Wayne, I mean, that's I mean, that's the series, you know, that I want to see, you know? I mean, or John Wesley Shipp coming back as the Flash. I mean, you know, it, it was great seeing all those guys, but they were just so minimal. Right. Um, well, well, at least John Wesley is a regular on The Flash. And what I think they did is impressive because it wasn't just stunt cast. He's, he's legitimately good in this. He, yes, we know him as The Flash, and we know him from Dawson's Creek and Never Ain't Story 2 and stuff like that. Yeah. But. Yeah, so it's like, why not do something with these guys right. who still have it? Yeah, you know, and, and, and but I mean, it's not just stunt casting because these are legitimately good actors. They're, they're it's legitimate, so you could have a multiverse with these guys. You know, um, I mean, there's there's plenty of streaming services who would do it. Right. You know, almost too many CW, now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, CW has their own streaming service; they could put it on. You know. Yeah, well, there's a DC app, and then, of course, HBO Max just debuted, and they're taking some of the stuff from the CW and um, the DC Universe and, and bringing it over there. Yeah, I mean, I it's just, I don't know, it's just amazing to me how they went through, it seems like they went through a lot of trouble to really bring all those guys back, and, and I thought all of them just, I mean, they were great, you know? And, and I, just, I just felt empty because I wanted to see more of them. You know? Yeah. Do you speaking of ninjas from earlier? Do you remember a TV show called The Master with Lee Van Cleef? Of course, I own it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Timothy, is it Timothy Van Patten? There's a lot of Van Pattens. I'm not sure if I got the right. The one from Class of 1984. Yeah. Um. The kid. The kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always I thought that he was saying. really interesting actor, and then he kind of went. I can't remember if he's the one that was a professional tennis player on the side. Uh, I know one of the Van Patten brothers became a director of like The Sopranos and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember like Demi Moore had a guest spot on that show. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. And 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 uh, sh- uh, show Kazuki from the Canon films. 
was was the recurring uh, baddie on that show actually. Yeah, it's a lot of these shows are kind of forgotten, but thankfully that one's been uh, saved and put out on DVD from Kino, and it's always been on my wish list, but I never pulled the trigger on it. Oh, is it is it out on uh, professional? I, I have I have burned copies. Yeah, it's uh, well. I mean, they are all on YouTube. That's like, I think that's what's holding me off. But yeah, Kino put it out, and for one, I think it was like on sale for Memorial Day for like seventeen ninety nine. It's been that price a couple times, so I'm just kind of holding off and waiting. Oh, I'd like to have that actually. That's a good show. Yeah, that's one of the one of the very few gem ninja series gems from the eighties. Yeah, you know? when we're all ninja crazy. Um, <laughs> and it, and it was very it was very kung fu. You know, um, they were just going from town to town. You know, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the whole, yeah. I always say Incredible Hulk started that, but no, it was more of uh, Kung Fu started that trend of town to town every episode. Yeah, and in Starman, the series kind of followed suit with that a little bit. Yeah, that's you know what we talked about doing that one, and uh, haven't got around to it. But I watched it recently, and it holds up so well. It's a, it's a very well done show. It really is. And uh, there's another guy who kind of dis- he. I, I, uh, Robert Hayes had a brief moment where he was a more of a dramatic actor, but he's mostly known for comedy because of Airplane, of course. But I thought right. he did a very good job in that and Cat's Eye around the same time. Yeah, he was he was another guy who had you know he had his moment. You know. Oh, that reminds me. But what if... happened to Christopher Daniel Barnes? No, you're gonna have to refresh my memory on. He's the son on Starman, and he was Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. He was like a thing oh, for a while. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, it just, it really just, it, it fascinates me. I guess, I guess because I, you know, I used to be an actor and, and, um, I guess it just fascinates me. It's like, what happened? You know, what, what, what happened? What didn't happen? Why it didn't happen? Um, is it something they did? Is it something they just got robbed of? Is it something that, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and what do they do now? What do they do with their lives now that they're not? I mean, you know, you devote so much time to a certain job, and then all of a sudden one day you're you're doing what? You're I mean, you're, you're what? You're a sales agent for a, a corporation, or you're a real estate agent, or yeah. Well, was it like Ken Olint from Superforce? He ended up becoming mm-hmm. like um, a producer for UFO Films for what fifteen years or so. So that was a big thing yeah, for him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did okay. Yeah, but entertainment yeah. is like the only industry where we do say that. Like, if I worked at Walmart for twenty years and then and just stopped working retail, no one goes, "Whatever happened to him?" And, you know, it's like the entertainment industry is the only one because it's. It's worldwide. I mean, every other job seems to be localized, but entertainment is the only one where anybody in the world can know who you are. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's, there are those who, who do it enough to earn a SAG pension, you know. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's – I mean, I mean, especially back in, in, the, in the 80s and 90s, there was so much wealth going around. Um, it's not, not as much there anymore. But um, – you know, you think about it. I mean, if they if they worked enough and they were, you know, and they were able to invest and 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 you know were good with money, they 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 could have could have been fine. But I mean, I, I just can't imagine. You know, majority of them, I'm sure, just have to do something 
else. Right. Well, that, that brings us to the conversation of the two shows that we were uh, brought here for is Manimal and Auto, not Auto Man, Manimal and Nightman is Matt McComb is a guy who was a lead for a very short period of time, but he was primarily known as a stuntman. Right. Right. So after and his lead roles went, he started doing supporting stuff like he's in Cellular and the Matrix uh, sequels. But then after that, he just went back to doing stunt work. And now he, I mean, he's still doing stunt work on some really big films. Um, I mean, I think he worked on John Wick, and um, I mean, he's, I think he's still doing some big stuff. But yeah, he he literally was carrying his own action films, and I mean, these films had budgets, you know. I mean, they they were. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. He did Red Scorpion two. Um, he did. Uh, I mean, he did a couple others, but. Um, then Nightman, you know, went on for two, what, two seasons? Yeah. Two seasons, and and that, was, that show was a blast, you know? It's, um, uh, uh, I watched a handful of the episodes. I didn't watch all of them. Uh, I know that you own them. I, I end up catching them on um, Voodoo. And uh, I forgot. This is going to make me sound weird, and I apologize. There was a moment in my life where I was bedridden and I was watching TV shows way too much. I became obsessed with the TV show Roswell and reruns. And I wanted to find yeah. stuff that the rest of the cast was in. And I found, not Jason Bear, the other one, Brendan Fair was in an episode of Nightman. And I was like, well, they're rerunning Nightman like on Sunday mornings on WGN. I'll just tape it every Sunday morning trying to find that episode or whatever because they never told you. It was hard to find episodes back then. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I ended up watching probably 70% of the show before I actually end up running into that episode. And I think people forget syndicated TV shows of the time did not have the same budget or the same like momentum story-wise. No. It was no. a different time, and it's more character-based than action-based. But I found Nightman actually did both pretty well. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were a lot of shows of that, of that nature, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, they did the the Beastmasters and Conans and and um, um, you know those late night syndicated shows. That, yeah, a lot of them Hercules you know, inspired for a while. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them Hercules inspired. Um, um, my God, there were so many of them, and, and 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 those are painfully missed because I mean those those gave a lot of actors you know an outlet. You know, I mean it was it was an outlet for a lot of networks and producers and actors and writers and. All that stuff has just been replaced with reality television now. Which sucks. Um, I just I can't. It, oh well, this only costs us so much. Yeah, but no one remembers it. No one cares after it's over. Yeah, yeah, no one cares. No, everybody kind of moves on and just accepts whatever you know. People are people. Other people are why. I don't know. It's, I, I don't understand. You know, I, I think we've talked about this before. I don't understand this generation, and I don't understand what what uh, people watch these days. I don't. I don't really. Um, you know, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, because I'll, even I'll never understand. even if it was a syndicated TV show, you knew that there was a certain level of audience that watched it. I mean, Mutant X is strangely, I mean, it's a problematic, but it's fondly remembered by a lot of people of our gener generation. It was on for three years, but if it was on now, it would be on some streaming service, it would be on for like 13 episodes, and no one would remember it in a year. Right, right. But yeah, Nightman, you know, was created, and of course, Nightman was created by Glenn Larson, who, by God, created Knight Rider and Battlestar Galactica. I mean, he was the movie, I mean, the television producer outside of Stephen Canal and, 
in Frank Lupo in the eighties. And, um, and Nightman was based on, uh, the Malibu comics character. And I think the suit for the time was pretty cool. It is. It's, um, it's really elaborate considering what they would look like. Yes, it still has more of the rubbery look than what they use now, but it's um, it doesn't look cheap, which is surprising for television. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess that's why they needed a, a very physical actor to be able to move in that thing. But um, but I thought the way it, the way it was shot was was I, mean, I thought it was beautifully shot, and the stories were good, and. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know if you saw the the episode where our our, our president, our current president, does a guest star. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I just had a morbid curiosity. <laughs> it was it was so uh, it was so um, ironic that he's robbing a bank. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to put that one. Go down. Yeah, we're not going to go down. I don't wanna, I'm too angry right now to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to stir you up. Uh, I mean, I, let's just say this. I'm dealing with all of it. Uh, right before we recorded, I ate my body weight in Carl's Jr. and Krispy Kremes just dealing with this. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Well, we'll, we'll move on from that. Today. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I can't remember if the – I feel like there's a massive change between the, the two seasons because um, it looks like it was shot in Chicago for the first season, and it has that spirit to it. But then all of a sudden, it uh, it looks like it was shot in Vancouver for the second season, and they change up the cast a little bit. And I think it looked like they were trying to save money so they could focus more on the special effects and action, which was very common for those shows. I mean, usually the usually the later season. I mean, like Viper, the TV show Viper. I mean, if you watch that show. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like Airwolf, you know, season four when they replaced Jan Michael Vincent and they they cut the budget down and you know it's like they should have just ended the show, but they wanted another season so they the, the you know so that they could go into syndication. Yeah, that's so that's not something that's dead now too. Is no one talks about oh we have to get to a hundred episodes? It, it's not even a thing right. now. Hardly anything is syndicated, and um, catching stuff in reruns is a weird phrase because now everybody just catches everything on streaming sites and binges it. So a show could be on for 20 episodes and it's still a phenomenon compared to we have to get to this in order to sell it. Right. Right. <clears throat> and you know, that's why they didn't do a season two of the flash because there, there were, they were threatened with, um, budget constraint and the producers were like, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And if we can't do it right, then we're not going to do it at all. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. if you look at the... Okay, so The Flash, the first half, before they really started spending money and getting the characters from the comic book series, I think is weaker than... So if they had cut the budget, it was just going to be subpar, uh, you know, the first handful of episodes. And I just... It was a, it was the right idea. They should have stopped immediately. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, I... Again, there's part of me that I wish you know we could have had a, you know we could have had something rather than nothing. Uh, I mean, I wish I feel that way about Briscoe County Junior too, but um, but I get it. You know, if you can't really, you know, if you're if you're um, you know if you if you if you if you have constraints that are you know going to cause problems, then it's probably best to just leave it alone. And, yeah. And during that time, and during that time, you know, nobody wanted to work low budget. 
you know, not like today where, you know, instead of throwing money at a problem, you have to throw creativity at a problem. Yeah, that's, that's totally different now because people will show up in low-budget stuff and take a lower paycheck if they're having fun or they really appreciate the project. Whereas a lot of the right. shows back then did seem like they were just filler. We have to put something in this hour. So what are we going to do? Well, we only have this much money. And sometimes they would milk shows longer than they should have. Werewolf should have been 13 episodes and out, continuing for another, I think, with a total of 28 episodes. There's no budget yeah. for the last half. And um, Chuck, um, crap, the rifleman, Chuck Connors doesn't show up anymore, and it loses something. Yeah, and it's, I think most of those, I think it, I think it happened to most of those shows, you know, and, um, and it's so funny because Canada, Canada really became prominent um, during that time too, because, you know, Highlander, you know, was shot in Canada, and um, my God, I mean, so many shows were shot in Canada. Yeah, and, you um, know what the first one was? The first American production shot in Canada? What was it? Stingray. Do you remember the show? Stingray. Oh, Stephen, Stephen Canal. Yeah. yeah it's, he, he saw the potential of shooting up there and just kept setting shows like in, in um, uh, Seattle or Portland or whatever. And, and then he did – that was uh, – that show wasn't a huge hit, but it was beneficial cost-wise. That's why he started doing Toyland Jump Street up there, and that just started the whole thing. Well, I love the look of Canada on film. I mean, I, I think it has so many filming opportunities. I mean, it has everything you need. And, you know, I love the forest. I love the weather. I love, you know, I mean, they, they do have everything you need for sure. But, um, you know, um, it's just it's just so funny to me how, the, how so few shows have shot in San Francisco and, and Dallas. I mean, just, you just think about it, and it's it's really kind of a – kind of a wasted opportunity yeah it's our i live near portland and our film community survives solely on tv shows basically uh the budget for movies we don't give a huge credit for so every once in a while a movie will shoot up here but not like they did in the 80s so like you know a, a, a huge wave of movies was shot in oregon in the 80s but I think the plan by the city was, hey, bring a series up here and we give you a bigger tax credit because you're keeping, you're keeping uh, our people consistently employed. And that's why, like, Grimm was shot up here for, what, five or six years? And all of Dean Devlin's shows were shot here for a while. And um, mm-hmm. they, we were trying to compete with Vancouver. Hard. It's hard. It's, it's, um, it all comes down to politics. And, I mean, Dean Devlin's new show shot in the Philippines. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not surprised they pulled production out of Portland at all. Right now, for the last two or three years, it's been truly tumultuous. I'm sure you've, <laughs> you've probably seen it in the news. <laughs> it's uh, one of the more high-profile uh, protests going on right now. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, that's a whole whole other conversation. Yeah. But, um, but it was cool to see. Uh, I, but what I did love about Nightman was that episode where you had – you, you you got to see Dr. Jonathan Crane do a crossover episode, and I mean you thought I mean you thought you'd never see that character again, and he I mean the episode is so well done. Yeah, and they changed know? up his powers. They kind of rejuvenated, and the special effects I thought they were going to be garbage because at this point on TV CGI transformations were still kind of, ugh. but they did a very yeah. good job. I thought they did. They really did. I thought it was a very well done episode and. Um, I thought it was cool how he had a daughter and, 
I mean, I, I wish they they would have done some recurring stuff with that. But I have a question for you that I read. I read Auto Man showed up on Nightman somewhere, but I don't know where. I that'd be the first I've heard of it. It might be a, like a, a throwaway like line of dialogue, but I, I okay now I'm gonna have to look into this because that, yeah, that's a Glenn yeah, Larson show too. Right, exactly. So I, I uh, from what I read somewhere, I, I wish I I meant to send you send you the article, but apparently it said that Auto Man and 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 uh, Manimal showed up on Nightman. I was reading about Nightman somewhere. Um. But uh, but I, I don't I don't recall any episode where Auto Man showed up. Yeah, I'm looking right now to see if there's a cameo or anything. But now now I'm gonna go back and watch it because I'm very curious. I really really enjoyed Auto Man. It has a spirit to it, unlike a lot of the uh, the sci-fi shows back then, where Auto Man was not square jawed. Uh, you know, he was kind of fun loving and very charming and uh, bemused by everything. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of like a street hawk to me. It really was. I mean, it actually went a little longer than street hawk did. And uh, with with Manimal, I know it's widely considered to be one of the worst TV shows of all time. I think that year it made the list for the worst. And I remember seeing bits and pieces of it as a kid and being too scared because I didn't understand what was going on with the transformation sequences. I say the only thing that's really wrong with Manimal, and it's the same thing that's wrong with Auto Man, is that I feel like they used scripts for other detective shows, and it just took out the lead and then implanted the special effects stuff. Like, it could have just been an episode of Rockford Files, you know, and through... Yeah. And I just don't think the hook was strong enough for Manimal. I mean, you know, when, when you have a superhero property... You know, yeah, he has his alter ego, but I mean, for this one, you know, it could just be any animal, you know, and I, I just didn't find that particularly, you know, I don't know, amazing. I mean, I, I did laugh out loud when the mobster guy's sitting in his pool and then all of a sudden the shark fin comes up. Um, <laughs> Which is, he, you, so you watch the pilot. A, the pilot is different than the regular series because he becomes all these different animals. He has a different partner. And um, in, if I remember correctly, uh, they, they, when, they, when they did the second episode, when they recast, they cut it down to two transformations only where he was like a hawk and then the panther. Right. Wasn't Melody Anderson on that whole series? She was, but they recast... Oh, damn it, he's from Ice Pirates as his best friend partner. Um, I can't remember. Uh, you know, the Space, the space Herpes. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Glenn Turman is, you know, the one from Gremlins, the 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 teacher. He's the the one in the pilot, but... Um, Michael, oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Roberts. That's oh, right, Michael Roberts from Ice Pirates. Why do I know yeah. these things? This is stupid. I don't even know the names of people in my own family. And I know people from Ice Pirates. Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. <sighs> um, yeah, but I, I, you know, it's weird. I, 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 that one I can totally see why, why, it, uh, why it didn't work. But um, there, there just wasn't anything truly unique about it. They need to focus more on creating a mythology. They have a good cast. I thought they had great energy together, and the transformation stuff's always fascinating, but the people he was facing off against were so generic. Right. 
yeah, I mean, they were just, they were just, they were just, they were just mobsters and thugs and, you know, um, but, you know, I think that's why it was so cool seeing him on Nightman is for whatever reason on Nightman, it really worked. Yeah. Well, Nightman did a much better job of creating the mythos and having reoccurring villains. But I thought the episode that you're talking about where they face off against Jack the Ripper and they're traveling through time, that was a crazy yeah. idea and a really inventive for syndicated oh. television. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. You just you just don't get fun ideas like that anymore. You just everybody thinks it's too cheesy or too campy or or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I those those shows to me are sorely missed. I mean, that's that's a, you know I, I I filled my time with a lot of those shows yeah. when I was in uh, when I was young, you know, um, when I was in school, you know. So it's uh, it's kind of a shame, and I and I think economically. Um, it's uh, it's a shame as well because I think it really brought a lot of work to to uh, to the industry. Yeah, well, I think the one thing that's missing now in a lot of the sci-fi shows is a sense of fun. The I get why shows have to have a whole season arc where there's a big bad at the end, um, but sometimes it's nice to just jump into an episode that has just you can one and done, and it looks yeah, right. monster yeah. monster of the week, you know. Yeah. It's um, and I, yes, I think people are tired of seeing the same exact sets in you know California when they were shooting like V and stuff like that. They all and Planet of the Apes is all the same sets for like thirty years. Um, oh, yeah. but I yeah. kind of miss that too. And now with a new way of doing sets, where some of them are digital, you can change it up a little bit because I I, I like Vancouver, but I also feel like all those shows have kind of a. Well, it's cloudy. It, they don't look super bright and fun. It, it always seems like kind of a malaise over it. Well, I think we've discussed this before. I think I think the problem is is the fun has been taken out and the realism, you know, it's been replaced with realism and, and grit. And, um, and, you know, a lot of people like that. But, you know, to me, I mean, to me the whole point of, you know, fantasy and television and sci-fi and horror is to is escapism right you know so i don't know it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see after this time that we've gone through um i i, I was talking to uh another writer friend about this and it, it'll be interesting to see after this this year that we've had 2020 um if people kind of want you know, more um, more mindless fun, I guess. So to speak. Yeah, you where know? we actually have real heroes. I think the age of the anti-hero yeah, being embraced is over with. I think the the time of like Sopranos and Breaking Bad, where your your protagonist is actually kind of fucked up, is yeah. over. I think we want to see some, you know, uh, more Captain Americas. I guess if you want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I really, you know, I know I for one, and I know a lot of people. I mean, who, who just really want that stuff back. And I also think that there's just, you know, why why the execs and the studios don't? It's like they don't tailor to the age demographic anymore. It's like, okay, this this kind of show it won't appeal to, you know. Um, the younger crowd but the 35 and up they'll understand it right well know? tv used to be for everybody and niche viewing now is such a thing that 
I think that's why the ratings are so small because you're not going for this audience. You're going for you know a very particular research oriented group, and that's it. And that's why the ratings only have a certain uh, um, point where they can go up any higher, and then that's it. Yeah, and that's why you have like I know like you know members of my family who who don't understand why there's nothing on television anymore, and there's no you know they they they've gone to Hallmark and Lifetime and. And TV Land, and, yeah. You know well, what I mean? You know, you know those ones you get on the antenna, those four or five stations of reruns, like MeTV. Why those have become phenomenons in the last five years? Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're showing all those syndicated shows. I mean, or, or, or a lot of them anyway. Um, you know, uh, I know Hercules, Xena, the Sheena, um, uh, Beastmaster. I mean, there's a lot of them are on. Me TV. Yeah, well, it's the only place for the longest time I could catch um, Head of the Class, which is one of those really lost yeah. shows because of the music rights. And I was so eager. That and Benson, you can't find Benson anywhere. Oh, I remember Benson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, 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 I love Daredevil, you know, on Netflix. I love The Punisher. I thought they were great. I thought they were very well done. They were extremely dark. Um, um, you know, not exactly ones that I'll watch over and over again. You know, just because there's there's so much, there's so many layers and depth to them that that I you know I, I don't I don't care to revisit them. But for the most part, I don't know why I I I, I even subscribe to Netflix because I never watch it. I never do either. I don't think I've watched any in there since uh, the toys that made us back in December. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I mean I. I, I mean, there, every now and then, um, you know, they'll have some old movies that I'll watch. But, I mean, I, I don't there, – there was only one TV show that I ever kind of enjoyed on there. It's called – it's actually coming back next week. It's called The Order. Um, and it's a fun monster werewolf, um, you know, show. Oh, really? I haven't um, heard of this one. Yeah, it's, it, was, it, was, it was actually really good, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I really got into it. And, you know, Max Martini's in it um, – I mean, it's got some, uh, some 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 good names in it, but um, I really like I like the characters, and it's I mean, it's a young you know, it's, it's a young you know younger cast, but um, but I found myself I mean I watched the whole season, and actually they they did a season two that's coming out uh, I guess next week, but okay. um, but besides that, I mean, I just I, you know I, I just can't get into that. I don't I I don't find their shows particularly. Um, you know, must see. Yeah, it's not something you're like. I gotta see this. I'm gonna go watch it right now. Yeah, yeah. Stranger and, Things. And, and no, I'm that's it. That's the last thing I really watched in there. That was a while ago. Stranger Things season three. Yeah, that's well, I, well, I do love. Yeah, I do love Stranger Things. I did, especially the last season. That was that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and and you know, and, and I'm for Netflix. I'm not. I'm not an anti net. I mean, I, I want them to succeed, and I, I'm glad they're there because, in a lot of ways, they're giving us you know, a chance to do a lot of, I mean, there, there's, there's a chance to, to do a lot of things that can't be done anymore. Right. Well, they're you know? more focused on original content because all the networks are starting their own streaming services and you can only license things for so long before they're taken away from you. So I think they're trying to buy stuff that they flat out own. I think the only thing, did they buy, oh no, that was Amazon that bought the Millerverse. That's how they got the, uh, what's the superhero show on there again? The one where it's kind of dark. And weird. Uh, the, boys. the boys. Yeah, I like yeah. it, but um, I kept thinking after seeing Shazam 
that that was the next wave. That's where movies were going to go and TV shows were going to have a little more lighthearted fun, have some... I mean, it has gravitas, just like the 80s action movies, but it wasn't so dire. You know, you had fun facing off yeah. against the enemy. Yeah. I, I guess that's all I'm trying to say. I mean, and, and, and look, I'm, I'm, I am I'm want Netflix to get better and I want them to thrive and, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a hater at all. I just... Um, you know, I, I just I just want the dark to go away, you yeah. know? Because right now things are, it. again, I'll, I'll slightly put my foot on the soapbox. Things are kind of dark right now, so we need to lighten up a little bit. But the same thing yeah, happened in yeah. the 70s, post-Vietnam. If you look at the TV and movies, well, movies were darker for a lot longer, but um, post-Vietnam, we started watching shows that were more based around simplicity. You know, they started with, like, Little House on the Prairie and, and stuff like that, and then it moved into uh, the Fantastic and, and what they called Jiggle TV, where everything was kind of flashy and disco. And that, that stuff is considered flimsy, but you can watch one of those episodes and be like, okay, I'm good. I, I watched an episode of Chips, and I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, do Chips again. Do, you know, I mean... Just, not like that movie, you know, though. Holy shit, was that a screw-up. That, that was, yeah, that was, that was... Uh... I mean, I, I knew I saw that coming ten miles away, but you know they, um, for whatever reason, they think these remakes need to be comedies, and they don't. Yeah, I still I like the Twenty One Jump Street movies. I love Lord and Miller, but that's not Twenty One Jump Street that I know. No, it's just, and then that's the thing. It's like Baywatch, you know. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but you know what it is? It's, it's just it's using the title, it's using the characters, some of the characters, but it's not it's not what it, you know. It's not the the material as a whole right you know, it's just uh, it's like they're doing their own version of it yeah the only you know? one to ever do it right without mocking like you love the show without making fun of it like the way like Starcy and Hutch started that whole trend but it, the Brady Bunch movie both of those did it right I think and, and I thought the A-Team did it right oh you know the A-Team is friggin rad that one is ignored and I can't believe it didn't do very well and I, I can't either yeah this is like it, it was fun but it wasn't making fun of it. I mean, it was a legitimate love letter to the series. It was, and the casting was spot on. Oh, yes. You know, and, uh, I mean, I I cannot believe, you know, that that, I mean, that, that didn't get sequels. Yeah, well, remember know? after, well, right before it came out, everybody was talking about doing updates of TV shows. We had the $6 million man was ready to go, but they're going to call it the $6 billion man, which is still in pre-production. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Um, yeah, really. Uh, there was Airwolf was being talked about, Magna PI. They were going to have Matthew McConaughey as Matthew as uh, Magna PI, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm down for that." <laughs> I'd be okay with that, you know. Um, and I actually like the new Magna PI series. I mean, I've I've grown to like it a little bit. I think the cast makes it work, and I I think it's uh, I think it's fun in, uh, in 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 an old school kind of way. Yeah. Um, I think it's you know it's 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 I mean you know it's it's something you know it's it's a step in the right direction. Right. Well, they did a good but, job of Hawaii Five O. I thought. Have you seen MacGyver at all? Well, and that's why Hawaii Five O was is essentially what Magnum is. I mean, and they they even did crossovers. Oh, that you makes know. sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, MacGyver I thought was very well done. Um, now I haven't seen it since. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, George Eads uh, left the show. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he um, he's gone. I thought I thought he and uh, the 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 actor playing the guy, but I thought they had a good good chemistry between them. But I, I haven't watched it since since he since he left. So 
But I thought it was well done. Yeah. Um, I, I hope... did not see Lethal Weapon. Uh, that that just didn't. I don't get why that's even on television. I feel like that's what we're doing now because action movies don't really sell in the theaters anymore, and they're taking all these yeah. old action movies and turning them into TV shows. I don't understand why there was a Rush Hour show, Lethal Weapon. Uh, that was. I mean, that was just undone by itself, though, because the production, you know, behind the scenes was so tumultuous. Yeah, that lasted for about five minutes, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is they can do those, those shows in spirit, you know, they don't have to you know, use old titles to do, you know, yeah. I mean, well, they like, can, you know, well, that, well, they, they, I, I like it when they continue it. Like, it's the grandson of, or something like that. Like, uh, Kung yeah. Fu, the legend continues. I got that. Yeah. Um, they talk about doing Rockford Files. Well, what if he had a grandkid, you know, who was a detective now? Yeah. And that's the problem with Magnum. The only problem with Magnum is it's a whole new, uh, it's not, it's not a continuation at all. It's a whole reboot. Um, yeah. Which, you know, which oddly, oddly enough, you know, I think Tom Selleck could have just come back as Magnum. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still doing those, uh, well, he's doing Blue Bloods. What's those, uh, Jesse Stone movies? He could still, yeah. he could yeah. be like on the first season and then just pass the torch. Yeah, he could have passed the torch, you know. Um, I don't, I don't really see why they had to completely reboot it, but, um, but it is interesting, Higgins being a girl now. It is, it is a little bit different. But uh, yeah. do you remember when they did that with Knight Rider? Right. They made, they had his son come in, uh, the like the 2008 series. Yeah, see, I thought that was a pretty fun show. It was, and I, I um, love the fact that I, they connected it back to the old series instead of just erasing. And everything. I thought that, yeah, and I thought it really had a, a spirit of the old Knight Rider. I really do. Um, and Val Kilmer was the voice of Kit. Who, who it was? Will Arnett, right? He was taken out of it because he was uh, had a disclosure thing with a different company or something like that, and he couldn't do it. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. happened there. But oh god, Val Kilmer! It's so sad what's happened to him because he can't speak anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw his, I saw him on a couple of interviews. I mean, I'm glad he's okay, and I'm glad he's he's uh, he seems to be healthy now. You know, um, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know if his voice will come back. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I hope the best for him because I'm a huge fan. I mean, I've always wanted to work with him. But, yeah, he's, um, he's he's fascinating. I just I think he and he even admitted himself. He went through a period there where he was just kind of difficult to work with, and I, that just happens to some people. And sometimes you need to be grounded back to earth to realize what you've done. Yeah, I don't. I don't really hold that against people. I mean, it's, you know, everybody kind of goes through their own phases, you know. Yeah, and, uh, I, I had some dumbass shit that I did 20 years ago that I'm ashamed of, and yeah, I just apologize I mean, I've for stu- it. I've done stupid things, you know. It's just, dude, I don't, you know. He didn't he didn't hurt anybody, and he, uh, you know, he's he's a great actor and seems like a good guy. And, and uh, um, I, I, I really hope the best of all. I'm really pulling for him. Yeah. I hope he... Uh, Hope he continues to work and, and, and gets better, for sure. Well, it's kind of a ramble episode, everybody. <laughs> it was fun. I, I kind of like the, the non-structure shows. You and I don't have as tight of a structure as me and Ron do, but it's more of a conversation than we got to hit this point, this point, this point. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. More, more fun this way. Yeah, and we don't get to talk as much. Except when I bother you about stupid ideas for movies. <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, man. See, well, you know that happened right before COVID. Yeah. Everything kind of went to hell, and 
and um I don't know. It's weird. It's like the world just stopped spinning that day, you know. Yeah, but but you've been working. Do you? Uh, you've been kind of teasing some projects here and there. Is there anything you want to talk about before we go? Um, nothing major. I mean, well, you know, I got you know, I I, I did a um, um, I wrote a Steven Seagal movie that's shooting. You know, now, I mean, when whenever we're able to. Uh, safely shoot again. Um, I, I don't. I still don't know. I know a lot of the bigger the bigger productions are coming back uh, this week um, in L.A. But um, as far as the indie scene goes, I, I don't know when things are really going to be able to come back full full uh, full throttle. But um, I wrote a Steven Seagal film, and that's going to shoot at some point soon. And um, of course, uh, you know our film with Scott Atkins, Vigilante, got pushed because of the uh, the virus. So we're still waiting on a new start date for that one, and um, and I'm actually working on something else that I might possibly direct. I don't know. I, I still have uh, you know, it's 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 a whole different uh, beast directing a film. I mean, it's a it's, it's a big commitment. Yeah, I, the, what you tell me with the difference between the two is the scripts can sometimes take a month or two, but the the directing is like a year of your life or more. Or more? Oh, it's it's actually more. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's, that's the thing about being a writer is you know is, is you can write one thing and jump to the next and jump to the next and um, but you know when you're directing a film, I mean, you're even after it's done filming, I mean, your your uh, your journey's just beginning, you know. All right, so, so uh, we'll uh, we'll do some more episodes down the road as those movies kick into production. We'll keep uh, you know keep me updated because I always love talking to him about. Well, this you'll be stuff. yeah, you'll be the, you'll be the first to know. For sure. <laughs> All right, um, I don't know what we'll do for the next one. We've been talking about doing Hard Time on Planet Earth and Starman for a while, or Alien Nation. We talked about so that'll probably be something yeah. coming up. Um, what we team something up? I think it was something is out there. We're talking about doing with uh, with Alien Nation. I can't remember. But, um, oh yeah, so I actually have those. I have not watched those discs either. God, wow, it's amazing. I have so much stuff that I haven't <laughs> watched. To be fair, you know it's weird. I've, I've gotten, I've, you know, for for an old school guy, I've gotten very uh, spoiled with this, uh, you know, this streaming stuff because it's like, yeah, I have to get up and put a DVD in. <laughs> well, I like, remember now. Uh, ten ten years ago or so, before streaming really kicked off. You know, just as YouTube is launching, I was bootleg crazy just trying to find these TV series I've been looking for forever. You know, going to some weird uh, website right. and, and buying like uh, Tales of the Golden Monkey, and that's how I got Auto Man the first time, and Max Headroom, and all this stuff before it was ever on DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, God, like, I still got that six pack. I need to open the, the Matthew Starr and Deadly Games and all that. Yeah, we definitely. I'm going to crack those up. We'll talk about it and we'll crack them open around the same time. We'll do like two shows at a time. That way we don't get yeah, overwhelmed. That's, yeah, that, that sounds good. That okay. Sounds good. We should do that. And this time I won't get so overwhelmed. I'm not good at scheduling, but like I said, it's been, uh, uh, oh my God, it's been nine months since we did an episode. We were planning on doing one. Oh, wow. one you know, you, ta- you and I talked about it in the beginning that we're going to do one every other month or something like that. And oof, I'm terrible at this. That's all right. We'll, we'll get back to it. All righty. Um, so anything else you want to say before we go? I think we're good, man. Hope everybody stays safe and and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. All righty. Everybody, have a good night. Check us out on Facebook under Next Planet Over. It's a group page where we can share our memories of TV shows and share the news on all the stuff finally making it to home video. Um, 
and streaming and see if they get renewed or anything like that. And um, that's it. Uh, be, everybody be excellent to each other. Peace out. Peace out.